Hey, and welcome back to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. All right, before we get into today's episode, I have a huge announcement for you. If you are an independent stylist or if you've ever thought about becoming an independent stylist or beauty pro, a really sweet summit is back for year two. If you attended last year, you already know if you're brand new to this event, I'm going to explain a little bit about what it entails. So a really sweet summit is a totally free three day event for hairstylists who are looking to create a balanced, fulfilling and profitable salon suite business. It features 18 of the industry's biggest educators. And I'm going to give you a little peek at what we're what you can learn in a really sweet summit. So the incredible Jamie Dana will be teaching you how to plan your next three months of Instagram content. Megan Diaz will speak on adding luxury services to your menu. Crystal L is teaching the importance of building an inclusive brand. My girl, Jennifer Kenny from the independent stylist podcast will be talking about getting started with independent education. Casey Taylor, who is, who was a guest on the podcast is talking marketing for small town stylists in her workshop. And Hunter Donia is teaching how to prevent burnout. There are so many more classes. I literally can't list them all here. Um, so make sure you go check it out at Jody Brown dot ca slash sweet summit. I put a link in the show notes so you can access it really easily. I of course will be teaching all about crafting a magnetic brand. And this time I'm teaming up with brand and web designer and the founder of a really sweet summit, Piper DeYoung. And so we're going to cover websites as well. This event is May 15th through the 17th. It's online and you can grab your totally free ticket again at jodybrown.ca slash suite, S-U-I-T-E, Summit. Again, I'm going to pop a link in the show notes so you can easily find it. Now, let's talk about today's episode. I am chatting with marketing and business coach for hairstylist, Brandy Taylor. Brandy and I are diving into creating a more profitable beauty business that you can operate with ease. We are talking about marketing systems and creating an amazing experience for your clients. So they keep coming back. And we're also going to talk about all the ways that you can make it easier on yourself. So we're covering beauty business automation, being conscious of your ticket and salon client experience. This episode is so good. I'm recording after the fact and Brandy actually drops a couple golden nuggets that we've never had before on the podcast. So grab a notebook and a coffee and let's chat with Brandy. Let's go. You're listening to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. Here we talk about creating a career you love. We go deep into mindset, marketing, business, and life as a hairstylist. I'm your host, Jody Brown, a hairstylist veteran turned branding and marketing mentor for ambitious, inspired beauty pros like you. On this podcast, we share the real stories of leaders within the beauty industry and actionable trainings that leave you with the tools and guidance that will inspire you to build your best life as a hairstylist. From branding, business, and marketing to mindset, life, and finding fulfillment, no topic is off limits here. Get ready to be educated and inspired. This is the Hairstylist Rising Podcast. Hi, Brandy. Welcome to the Hairstylist Rising podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. Hey, Jody. I'm super excited to be here. 
I had so much fun the last time we chatted and I love what you're talking about in the beauty industry and how you're helping stylists and salon owners. So very, very excited to dig into today's topic. But before that, can you just take a second and introduce yourself to my listeners and tell us a little bit about your journey in the beauty industry? Yeah, sure. I have an interesting journey, actually. I started out in the beauty industry, I would say in 2006. And I mean, that was when I originally started out. I went to school for aesthetics and I started practicing makeup artistry more so than skincare. And I actually went on this route to getting some sales experiences and things of that nature. So it kind of took me out of beauty for a minute. And I worked with like Google and different companies and marketing agencies for a while. And then kind of like was still doing beauty on the side. And did that for a while. And I think that's where a lot of my skills stems from when it comes to marketing and sales and things of that nature. And as I've shifted over the years, I started educating, I think in 2015, and I started shifting um, to education and coaching at that time because I saw that there was a need for the business side in this community. And I actually saw that there was more of a need for hairstylists and salon owners than it was like maybe so much on the makeup side when it came to marketing. Not that the uh, makeup people didn't need it, but that was what I found. Mm -hmm. And I started producing events and the event stemmed into my podcast, which is now the Business Beauty Network. And now I'm coaching and podcasting and just having so much fun really helping beauty professionals create the business of their dreams. And that's one of my goals. I love that. And I think that you're right. Like when you, when you step outside the industry a little bit, I think it's really important. And that's one of the things that I love to do as well is seek education and experience in different industries as well. And then you can come back with a fresh perspective. And I love that you, you have those um, skills that you've transferred into our industry. So I'm very excited to hear your take on you know, ways that beauty pros can up-level their income and create more ease in their business. Because I think there's so many things that get on our to-do lists as beauty pros. And uh, often the marketing side of it, and even sometimes like those little things that we can do to increase income and, you know, create an easier time all by the wayside. So I can't wait to chat about these things because it doesn't have to be hard to implement this stuff, right? Yes, I would absolutely agree. And I think especially cosmetologists, like you're licensed to do so many things and it's easy to get out of school and want to do everything that you can in your beauty business mm -hmm. to show your skills. And then it, it kind of, uh, continues on in your career if you never learn like <laughs> how to properly run a business and I think that's what happens like they get stuck doing everything and if you don't know marketing or know how to brand and all that stuff then that can be you know something that you struggle with in your beauty business for sure oh absolutely so today we're going to talk about three actionable ways that we can they beauty pros can up level their income and create more ease so the first one is automation. And I am obsessed with this topic. So I, and I know that you are too, I cannot wait to hear some of the ways that like, you know, can you just kind of explain automation for beauty pros and how you like to apply it to business? Yes, 
I mean, I totally understand, like, as a beauty professional, we're, you know, like, you're wearing all the hats, you're behind the chair, and it's like, when do I have time to post on social media or to do that? But I think the first thing with automation is you just have to change your mindset about what you know what it is that you need and the importance of it so once you understand that it's important that i have content and i collect content then that's something that you should be doing automatically so if you're automatically collecting content consistently then you have the content and i use like trello because sometimes i'll put like my ideas and different like i'll look at different dates coming up but the great way to i, I recommend batching so you batch your content, so you're collecting content. So if you're doing hair every day, you're doing makeup, lashes every day, you should be collecting content, pictures, videos of these things every day. Mm-hmm. And then looking at like the month ahead, like say for instance, Mother's Day is coming up, right? So you, if you know that Mother's Day is coming up, maybe at the end of April, you can t- look, look on Trello and plan out like what type of post you want to do for Mother's Day what type of uh, styles are trending in spring and all of those things. Yeah. And you, you can actually plan it out in a Trello and then schedule it, take a few hours to schedule everything and, and have everything automatically posting for you so that you can still work on your clients and service them that way. And I think that's like the easiest way to automate is finding a program that works for you to schedule it and make sure that you're consistently collecting content. Yeah, I think that's such a good point too, because you know, sometimes I call it like boom bust cycles with marketing. Like, you know, when you, and I think I've definitely been here where I'd be so great at the very, very beginning. I'd be so, so great about marketing my beauty business when, you know, I first, when I first started using Instagram and then I'd get really, really busy and the consistency would fall off because I was already busy. But then because Mm -hmm. that consistency fell off, then all of a sudden I would, you know, have like a little bit of a gap in the next like month or a couple weeks. So if you can schedule it, that things are actually posting, even during their busy times, those gaps start to become less and less. So I think this is such great advice. Yes, I would definitely agree. And then sometimes I feel that a stylist, especially overthink it. Like, so you're just overthinking. And if you're doing it on the fly and on the go, when you get busy, there might be three, four or five days a week or something where you're not posting. And you really want to make sure that you're a top of mind when people are looking for your business. So you want to have things in place that you're all, like, it looks like you're always showing up. Like you're a business, so it should look like you're there. And you should have different things set up in place so that, you know, people can see your work and see what's going on at your establishment without you always having to be readily available to post it as well. So, yeah, definitely scheduling is a big thing. And then, like, making sure what another thing is making sure that you are actively collecting the content and you have a plan for it as well. You know, so um, and taking the time for that. But I think sometimes if you just take the biggest thing is taking time to work on your business and not just in your business. Beauty pros is so stuck working on the art and the craft of what they do that they don't work, you know, on their business. They're just working in it as a hairstylist, as an artist or whatever you do. But you have to take time to work on it. So if you have a day where you can look at it, like you've been collecting content, you have all this stuff. So now you can sit down and plan. Now you can sit down and, 
put it in a calendar and schedule it. And then once you take those four hours that day and do that, it's done for however long you do it. And another recommendation I say too is uh, you have to do what works for you. So for me, 30 days sometimes would be a little harder, but it was easier for me to batch two weeks. You know, so if you yes. can get two weeks batched, then that's good. You're two weeks ahead, right? So find like what works for you for sure with that. Yeah, absolutely. And sometimes like, you know, for some people, the planning part's the hardest part. So even if you can just like really have, I think like a good introduction into it, if you've never done it before and you're really resistant, is maybe just make sure you have a really solid plan. So even if you're having to create once a week, at least you know what you're creating and that's going to save you time. Are there other areas in your business that you recommend? Because I like social media, definitely, I think that's such good advice. Are there any other areas that you see where stylists could save a lot of time and up-level their client experience through automation? Yes, email marketing would be one of them. I think that's one that uh, stylists sleep on because personal experience, I've, you know, recently visited a new stylist and I haven't heard from her. You know what I mean? Like she was great and she hasn't sent me an email or a text or anything. Right. So I think that's a part where I feel like uh, we miss out. So email marketing is something they struggle on as well, oftentimes. So even that's a part of it. So not just working on social media, but you can batch your content, you can schedule your posts, you can also do the same thing for email. And you can actually take like, like if you're already utilizing social media, you can take what, you, what you're posting on there and use it as an email. But I think that that's something you need to automate as well as your emails is, is, is a big thing that I feel like is, uh, is lacking as well. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I think that there's so much focus sometimes on just attracting new clients, which is important. That's a part of it, but like, there's also a really big benefit to staying top of mind with your existing clients and help and making them feel really cared for and you know, like you are there for them. I think that's so important and something that is missing a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And not just use the email to sell either, but to stay in touch and let them know what's going on at your salon or suite to let them know about any upcoming promotions or if you're increasing your prices, that's something you can keep in touch with them with as well. But it's a way that you definitely should be utilizing to stay in touch with your current clients because you're already servicing them, right? You're already doing their beauty services. So they want to hear from you. So if you're giving them a tip on how to maintain in between services, you're letting them know what's going on and keeping them up to date, then they're going to look forward to hearing from you via email. And it's something that I feel like people sleep on text as well too. Like text is a, is a little bit more personal. So like if you already have clients that, you know, did you have a text database for and you haven't seen a client in a while, you could actually, you know, text them and, and, and reach out to them and let them know what's going on and keep in touch that way. And, and it's a little bit more personal because it's right in their hand, it's in their purse, you know, it's their cell phone. But if you're already their stylist and they have, and you have their number, that's a great way to keep in touch as well. Ooh, that's interesting. I'd love to hear more. Is it, are you meaning like personally texting or like using a text marketing software? 
Yes, I mean, you can do either or. I recommend like finding a software. Now, SMM can be very expensive sometimes because I have looked into it, but there are a few booking softwares that offer it and it makes it a little bit more affordable. For example, I know for sure like Glossians has an awesome text SMM program that's automatically included with them as well as Square. So Square has that as well. But yeah, text is something that you can like, if you already have clients that... Mm -hmm come to you regularly, you can text your regular clients and let them know you have openings available. That has worked for people. Or maybe if you haven't seen people in a while, like even with Lost Genius, I'll share this. You can look and see like who you haven't seen in the last 30 days and kind of shoot a text, a mass text out to those people, letting them know, you know, you have some bookings available and things of that nature. Ooh, that is such a golden nugget. I love that. That is such a fresh take. And I don't think that we ever talked about text marketing on the podcast before. So thank you for sharing that. I think that's wonderful, especially if it's something that's already included. I know a lot of my listeners are Gloss Genius and Square users. And so that's that's an amazing tidbit. Thank you for sharing that. And You're welcome. our next point that we wanted to talk about today also is more about how to, you know, this can work for both new clients coming in and existing clients. And that is all about upselling. I think that just from my perspective, it's something that we learn, you know, when we first get into a lot of stylists, if you start in a commission salon or when you're in hair school or when you are working with other people, upselling is something that I think we know to do, but don't always put into practice. So I'd love to hear your advice when it comes to upselling existing clients during a service. Yeah, I think upselling is easy if you are always having a conversation with your client. And what I mean with that is, is you should be everything that you're doing with the client, you should be educating them on all the steps and you know, what's going on and really letting them know like what they need, if anything changed with the health of their hair or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I think if you're already like educating them, then you're adding value anyway. So it's nothing for me to tell you like, hey, Mary, it's time for a trim. Let's go ahead and do this trim. Or, hey, Mary, you know, I, it looks like you could benefit from a treatment. Let's do this treatment. Because I think sometimes stylists need to utilize their authority. Like you're the doctor of hair. You know what I'm saying? Yes. So if you position yourself as an expert in, in your field and you're always, you know, educating them and you're giving them a prescription for their hair, right? You're letting them know what they need, then yeah. it's going to be easy, like a conversation just to say you need a treatment or you need a serum or a cut or whatever. And that's an easy way to add things on. I think you're absolutely right. And, you know, I think sometimes what stands in the way is you just phrased it so perfectly because I think one of the big things holding a lot of, you know, stylists back is they think, oh, my client's going to just think that I'm like selling to them. And for whatever reason, we've gotten in our heads as beauty pros that that's somehow a bad thing. But at the end of the day, your the services you provide are why your client is there. So if you have other services or products that would benefit them, I love how you said like you're the doctor of hair giving them a prescription because that is the kind of mindset shift I think a lot of beauty pros need to embrace in order to start becoming that authority figure. So that is amazing advice. 
Thanks, because think about it, like when you go to the doctor, right, you don't really have to do what the doctor says. You know what I'm saying? But (laughs) if you think about it, though, but if you're going to the doctor, the doctor gives you a pill, more than likely you're going to take it, right? Because you trust your doctor as an expert in the medical field to help you, right? So the same thing, we have to really look at ourselves as experts in beauty, right? So we're helping you with beauty service and we're providing you with that and because we're educated, we're licensed on what we do. Yeah. So it, it should be a part of your conversation. If you're already edu- if you're already educating your clients and letting them know what's going on with their hair, what you're doing, then it should be a no-brainer if you're getting, you know, a color, maybe, you know, a treatment or a glosser or something might be something you can add with it. And I you should look at it as a recommendation because you're selling them something that they need that's gonna benefit them and, and help the health of their hair is doing them a favor. So you're not doing a disservice to them selling you're actually doing a disservice not selling right so yes. you want to make sure you're you're doing them a favor by letting them know what can help them and adding value to them so if you look at it that way and it definitely shifts things for sure and it, it, it is it is a mindset thing because i think we've all been experienced like that sleazy salesperson right yeah so we've all experienced like where somebody just you know either made you feel awful or badgered you so much that you never wanted to be around them again yeah and number <laughs> No one wants to be that person that's always pushing something on somebody or that lady that you're running from because you're like, oh, my God, she's going to sell Nobody wants to be that person, but you're their hairstylist. You're not the sleazy salesperson. You're adding value to them by beautifying them already. So give them something else. Let them know, like, look, you could book your touch-up appointment now. Like, you know, why not? Get them to book it yeah. now. You can use this in between services. Let's get you this shampoo, this conditioner, this serum, whatever it may be, because you're already helping them. So keep helping them. Don't You're not the sleazy salesperson. Exactly. And you know what? This is actually the perfect segue into the next point, because I truly believe that it, everything you're talking about right now, not only is it upselling and going to help your income, it's actually going to make your customers experience much better. I want to extend a challenge to anyone who is listening to this episode to put into practice what Brandy is talking about, even for the next week and watch the difference that it makes in both your income and your customer interactions. Because I think that if you can commit to it for a week and you can see the kind of shifts that it's making in your business, that will encourage you to keep going. Yes, yes, I would definitely agree. Like, just get in the habit of thinking that, you know, you're adding value to them. You're always adding value. And if you look at it that way, it'll be easier just to implement it in. I had one young lady who was selling like her service, you really could utilize a serum to go with it. And it was like a $20 product. Mm-hmm. And when I was talking to her, I was like, everybody that gets the service, particular service, should be getting this $20 product. And it really took her top line, cause her her bottom line up so much because at least 50%, because every person that was getting that service spent an extra $20. And an extra $20 could really make a difference per client. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's the kind of thing that, you know, keeps you top of mind as well. I remember hearing... Back in a class, like when I first started doing hair and it was at the salon that I worked at and it's about the psychology of retail. And essentially, if you retail products to your clients, the right products, of course, like not selling people things that they don't need, but like 
recommending products that will actually make a difference, you are more likely to actually retain that client versus if they don't take retail home because every time they use it and it works for them, they are reminded of the fact that you are a professional with their best interests at heart. Exactly, exactly. And I think it's us too. I think if we change our mindset about it, it'll make it easy for us to add on to the ticket, right? Because I come from like, you know, the makeup counter experience. So I I guess I I had to know how to get her to take that lipstick home with her. So I, I could put it on her and that's great. But the whole thing was getting her to take it home, you know? Yeah. I think it's a valuable skill though, like to learn in the sales. You know, I did, I was worked for distributor for a short period of time. And it definitely is a skill that's very valuable to have. So I would encourage beauty pros to just stop being afraid of the word sell. Like it, you are serving your clients, right? Mm-hmm. Replace, replacing it with uh, with serve because you yes. definitely serve it. Especially if you know you have products that are, that are going to benefit them. And I know you wouldn't carry anything that isn't high quality for your clients. So if you're carrying good stuff that works, recommend it to them, get them to take it home. It's going to benefit you and the client. Yeah, absolutely. And so the third point that we wanted to discuss, because it's really important for retention and for, you know, any of the things that we talked about with the upselling is your client experience. So what I, I know that a lot of the time with brand new clients where beauty pros are very conscious about the client experience, but I think it's important no matter how long someone's been coming to you. So what is your take on how you can create better customer experiences that ultimately leads to more loyalty and retention? Yes, this is a great one. So I'm super excited to talk about this. But I think the client experience starts from booking. Like, so what is the process like to even book? with you, right? Is it a smooth process? Is it self-explanatory? Is it easy to book you, right? So it starts there. So even for when you first book the client, you need to make sure you have a booking system set up that is easy to understand. It makes it easy for them to book with you. Then once they book, then you communicate. How are you communicating with them after they book? Do you send them reminders and things of that nature? How is that experience? Make sure they have that together. I mean, some salons even still have receptionists and have them call, but I know it's a different day. But even if you just have reminder texts to go out or something, make sure you have that experience. So now it's easy. I booked my appointment. I know what I'm doing. I got all my instructions. So now when I get there, what's the experience? What's it like when I park? What's parking like? Mm-hmm. And and was I clear, even clear on that, right? So making sure that experience is good. And then from when I first walk up to the door and open the door, what do I see? Like, what, what do I see? What, what does it look, what's the atmosphere like? What do I hear? You know, what kind of music is playing? What's going on? All these things really make a difference in the experience and how I feel. So what do I see when I walk in? What do I hear? What do I smell, right? What are the smells when you come in? So so these are some ways you could really tap into the experience. It's from, from, from when they first book you all the way to they park in the parking lot to they walk in the door, making sure that everything really flows. And if you think about those things, if you if you're not sure, I would say go through the whole process. You know, try to book yourself and see is it easy, right? Yes. I've had hard or have your friends do it because I've had I've thought I had things set up and then it was like maybe one little thing that wasn't right. No client told me, 
But I had when I took a look at it, it was harder. So sometimes we need to reevaluate those things as well. Oh, this is so good. Like, as you know, I totally nerd out on branding, marketing, all of the things. And this to me, like how you're speaking about the client experience, first of all, I love how you say it starts when they book. And this also ties into your brand, right? Like your vibe and your like marketing experience should feel the same as the experience that clients get when they actually make the decision to book with you. Like it should be just as mm-hmm. elevated as the effort you put into calling those clients in. I think that's what builds so much trust. Yes. And then getting creative. Like, so say if you're, your clients book, maybe they may book a few weeks out. So there's a little time in between the appointment. It might be great. This is another way to use SMS is you can shoot them a text, maybe with a picture of you like, hey, I'm looking forward to see you, can't wait to see, or a picture of the staff at the salon, or maybe just a picture in the salon, like we can't wait to see you on, you know, April the 20th for your appointment, right? So just finding, you know, creative ways to stay in contact with, especially if they're booking far ahead, you could like try little things, you could send them an email, or you could send them a text, but those are some creative ways as well. Oh, that's such a great idea. And I like how you, you make it personal. Because the personal connection, I think, is key. Yes, yes. Especially if they haven't seen you before. Say if it's their first time booking with you and it was a referral, that's a great thing to do. Like sending them a nice picture of you, letting them know you can't wait to meet them. And if there's any particular instructions, like maybe there's parking instructions or different things they need to do for the appointment, you could give them that information as well, but also send them like a nice picture letting them know how excited you are to service them. Oh, I love that. Are there any common mistakes that you see when you start working with salon owners and and stylists and beauty pros that are good places to kind of check where you can almost quality control for anyone who's listening, like like checkpoints for quality controlling that customer experience? Yeah, I recommend, you know, it might not be bad to have a shopper or something like, you know, to to have someone kind of like shop the whole experience. So you can see from another person's standpoint what it is, you know, what it is like. A lot of restaurants do that. They'll hire secret shoppers. And I mean, you, you can find different companies to hire or you can even have someone go through the process, maybe not your close friend, but someone who's professional who will give you that information. I think that's a great way to kind of know, like, what's my, where can I improve? Or survey the clients. Start asking your clients, like, how can I serve you better? Ask them questions to find out where they're having issues with. Is there anything that we can do to improve? Sometimes I feel people are afraid to survey the clients or to ask for feedback, but that's a great way to find out where you need to improve. I, I, one, one of my spa clients, she had a, she, she was great about surveying the clients. Yeah. And she actually had a a, a team, like it was like a, a team of people yeah. that gave her feedback. I forgot what she called it, but it was a team of people that utilized her services that gave her feedback on, you know, different things. And they and she really went off of their feedback to improve her services within her spot. I love that. Sometimes I think when you're too close to your own business, it's it's hard to recognize the blind spots. So I, I think that's a really great idea, like getting that outside perspective. Yeah, and definitely you could just utilize the client, survey them, really seriously, maybe yeah. offer them a coupon or give them a free Starbucks card or something to do the survey. But 
start surveying your clients. And, and that can tell you a lot about some changes that you may need to make. Yeah, absolutely. And a Google form takes like what, five, 10 minutes to set up. It's not a, it's not a difficult thing to do at all. Exactly. You can ask them a few quick questions just to get an understanding of the experience. And it could really give you a lot of insight because it may just be one area. Like it, it could be that booking or it could be like parking yeah. or just one area that you can make some tweaks on. And you're like, or maybe it could be something in the salon that's not quite up to par that you weren't really aware of. Or maybe you never thought it was something that your clients would be, you know, dislike or something like that, but they'll let you know in a survey and that's, you can correct those things accordingly. So I think that's a big thing that salon owners, you know, sleep on is really surveying the clients and finding out how they can up-level their services. Oh, I love this. Well, thank you so much, Brandy. I feel like your, your, your insights are just so fresh and much needed. So I really appreciate you coming on the show and sharing your knowledge with my, with my listeners. Where can they go to find out more about you? Yes, you could definitely connect with me on Instagram. And it's my Instagram handle is I am Brandy Taylor. I am, and then Brandy is with an I. People always want to put a Y on it, but it's Brandy B R A N D I Taylor T A Y L O R. So I am Brandy Taylor on Instagram and Facebook. And my website is I am Taylor.com. Perfect. As a branding pro, I really appreciate the consistency. (laughs) (laughs) I will include all of those links in the show notes. So it's nice and easy for our listeners to learn more about branding. I highly recommend that you do because you are constantly posting really, really helpful content on Instagram. Um, I love following you and I know that they will as well. So thank you again for being here. And uh, this was really, really amazing. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for listening in to another episode of the Hairstylist Rising podcast. If you haven't already, make sure you like, subscribe, and leave us a review. Be sure to check out our show notes for all of the links mentioned in today's episode. And if you want to get in touch with me and let me know what you're thinking, what you'd like to see on the podcast, or just share your favorite episode, send me a DM over on Instagram, either at Hairstylist Rising or at It's Jody Brown. I am so excited to see you back here, same place, same time next week. And until then, I am Jody Brown. I am your host and I'm signing off now. So thank you so much for listening to this podcast and we'll see you next week.